Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hmm? Ah! Huh. Oh. Killed a wife in the colonies. I poisoned her. Okay. I'm not sorry. I killed a commander. I didn't have to, he was asleep, but I did it anyway. Anybody since you've been out? No. You? Nope. So I think we're good. Blessed be the fruit. I'm Diana. May the Lord open. And I'm Lizzie. <laughs> and this is House Podcastica, Handmaid's Tale Edition. This week, our, we are discussing Season 3, Episode 7, Under His Eye. Right off the bat, uh, Lizzie, tell me, what did you think of this episode of Handmaid's Tale? You know, I was kind of in between, well, this is interesting, and filler. Yes, I understand. I know what you yeah. mean. I didn't care for June's story. No, and I'm I'm finding more and more that I am gravitating to other other people's stories and finding them more interesting. Yeah, and I think that that's just we've been with June since day one. Yeah, and if you take somebody like Emily's story, or maybe the possibility of uh, some more Lydia story, or of Matthew, or you know what I mean? Like it's those people are interesting because we have so little information about them. Whereas right. June know uh, almost everything. Yeah. So yeah, I I'm right there with you. I I felt like there was some there were some nice pockets in there, some nice scenes, uh, but some of it just felt uh, slightly fillery. I yeah. See yeah. 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 Um... 
kind of mid kind of mid season slumpy, if you will. Yeah, exactly. This was yeah. probably one of the slowest, not slowest, but lackluster episodes that they've done. I I mean I, I was breathing the entire time. <laughs> you know? It, I, I just yeah. I wasn't yeah. like <gasps> where I so often am with this with this show. And yeah. I don't know, it just surprised me because They've just always got it moving so fast that you're just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, yeah. the whole thing. And then it's like, oh, I know that street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then you get pulled right back in again. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So do you want to start with your number five? All right. I'll start this week. Uh, this yeah. week uh, my number five. I specifically wrote it out because when the words were spoken, it really hit me strongly. Uh, and it's the scene with Emily when she's being, in t- you know, talked to, I guess, not interrogated. Or how about interviewed? Questioned. Yeah, interviewed by the woman from the Swiss government. Yeah. She was referred to as Dr. Malik. Yeah, I'm like, who's that? Yeah, and they, she said Dr. Malik, and I was like, wait, who... <gasps> That's Emily. And That's I, Emily, yeah. And just the moment of feeling like because calling someone a doctor when they are a doctor is such a measure of respect. It's respect for their position, the work they, that went into them. The accomplishment. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's like this little gift that's been given back to her. You know, she may not be practicing as a doctor right now, but she is still a doctor and it's just like, she wouldn't, it's just this measure of respect that once someone becomes a doctor, she doesn't get called Ms. Anything for the rest of her life. She's yeah. Dr. Malik. She will always be Dr. Malik. And I just, I just didn't even think of that. And, and so much so that, like you said, when the Swiss woman was like, Dr. Malik. And I was like, who the who F is? That? Oh, it's the yeah. family. And you at know? first, like, did you think Sylvia was um, one of those people that they had at uh, June's interview that was just kind of standing behind? I didn't realize it was yeah. Sylvia. It took a second to realize it was Sylvia, but um, but yeah, but it, at first you were like, is someone just like hovering? Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, so it was interesting. I mean, it makes sense that Sylvia would be there. Yeah, it just <sighs> takes a second because you you have to get used to Emily having this person back in her life who will now be with her at all of these awful yeah. things she has to go through, and, and that it's cares just, about her exactly, and it's such an interesting contrast because. You know, June had the same kind of conversation. Yeah. She didn't have anyone there to back her up yeah. with support. You know what I mean? So it's yep. like I I said this before, and I'll say it again that I feel like Emily's storyline this season is to show the contrast between her and June. Yeah, like this is where June could be if she had just gotten the hell on that truck. Ugh, you know I what know. I mean? All and she, she didn't get on. I know. And she didn't. So it's like this knife in the heart every time. And you're so glad that Emily's able to, I'm sorry, Dr. Malik is able able to experience all this, but it still is every single time you see this, some sort of victory for Emily being called Dr. Malik off the top is like, that's, that's this great victory for her, but it just slides the knife in further that June had this choice. And, you know, she's a mom and she made her choice and, and who am I to, you know, you know, I'm not sure. It's not why like she asked you, Diana. Yeah, I know. She didn't, <laughs> she didn't, 
she didn't come to me with i mean she should have I yeah know. i mean once i give again, really good advice just to yeah family members. whether or not i take good advice with my own that remains to be seen but i give out good advice yeah so, you know. i'm gonna have to keep that in mind because like sometimes i'm just stumped i think i know what i need to do but i just need to hear it validated elsewhere sometimes uh, but most of the time i'm just like i don't even have a clue <laughs> so do you think that emily and and sylvia are gonna make it um ultimately yes i think they will but i like i said i think that their struggles that we're gonna see and we're gonna see all of their struggles i think that like i said it's supposed to be a representation of you can get out of Gilead, but you have such a long road to go through. You could even, because look at the gifts that she has. A lot of people may be able to get out of Gilead, but their husband was killed or yeah. their children are still, you know, like June, their ch child is still stuck behind there. Yeah. You know, she's got this wonderful gift where her wife and her son are, are, are able to be a part of her life again. And, and that's amazing, yeah. but it just goes to show that you can have all of those things and things still not be perfect. And I, and I, 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 I think that they will make it because they are both very pragmatic and, but she's got to start dealing with her emotions. You know what I mean? Yeah. We saw some of that this episode, which was great. And yeah. that's, I think that's one of my numbers. We'll get into that, but I just, I, I, she, she's got some she's got some more mental health work to do you know understand oh my gosh yeah. understandably you know it just yeah. you think about everything that she went through it's I mean, being raped by a man yeah when that is not her orientation like you know it, i don't know i I mean, rape isn't good, and I, I don't even know how you you equate one type with another, whether yeah. you're being raped by the, the sex that, and forgive me if I'm saying this incorrectly, but the sex you're oriented to versus the sex you're not oriented to. Mm. It I know what you're, I know like what you're, more of, a, a, of an offense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's something that you're, you're without sounding disgusting, it's something your body's not used to and i'm not yeah. saying that well that's not that disgusting at all it's just it's, it's it, it, there's so much about it that's foreign let's put it yeah that, yeah you know, that like I think it's that's mind better, and body like yeah i mean just i don't know it, yeah. it just to me thinking about her and we i mean i don't even know if she had ever been i don't know if she's ever mentioned that she's ever been involved with a man because they were her and Moira were talking about it. Mm -hmm. and she's just like, basically uh, I was involved in my studies. Yeah. And then when she said I met Sylvia and that was it. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, I doubt it. I doubt she ever had any kind of a relationship with a man. Yeah. It's tough too, because I, I know what you're saying there and it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't diminish any the idea of any of being uh, raped by a man if you're heterosexual or not but there's but i but i see what you mean that there's an an extra level of um you know assault yeah although to be fair um now nah, i'm not gonna go there that was no. okay <laughs> no i have to know <laughs> no <laughs> no it's gonna say uh, no it wasn't anything personal just it, yeah well yeah I it's just it i mean all right so there was to discuss too because it's just so triggering all right 
so there's the the rape that she has to endure then it's the clitorectomy that she has to endure then she has to go to the colonies and i didn't you know i don't know if i realized it at the time or i just totally missed that it was marissa tomei that was playing the wife the um uh, the, one that, the one that she killed in the car. Yeah, like, I don't even know. I can't remember. But, yeah. you know, and then killing someone, but having to watch others die no matter what you did and making the choices between who gets the medication that you have and who doesn't. Yeah. And then being brought back and thankfully into Commander Lawrence's house, you know, where Mm. that was no longer, you know, the typical ceremony thing was no longer going to happen. And then he gets her freed. But I mean, and then, you know, attacking Aunt Lydia, like, yeah, she has been through so much, like so much. Yeah. Yeah. She has. And we've watched her, but in comparison, we haven't really watched Moira. We know Moira, Moira has gone through stuff. Yeah. But we haven't watched her do it. No. Most no, of it, most, anyway. It's mostly been her relating her experiences. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't been there with her. So, yeah. Yeah. Ah, so, that's my number five, Dr. Malik. What have you got for your number five? Well, I, my number five has to do with uh, George. George and Fred and Fred and... Um, Serena, but yeah. did you go back and watch the? I didn't. Oh my god! I didn't. Oh my god! It was <laughs> between having to watch Fear for my own podcast and then Hello Stranger Things was this week. So <sighs> yeah, I know. But um, yeah, I I will go back and watch to see the the stuff, but uh, still equally as creepy and. Well, it's just that one scene where he's bent over and, and like, kind of dancing his butt up against Fred's (laughs) knees. I mean, you really have to go back and see it. I almost went back to watch just that part to be like, yeah, that really did happen. Well, so I'm just watching what Fred is doing, not Fred, what George is doing. And to me, he, he definitely seems like a predator. Um, I see him separating fred from serena a lot yeah and purposely like he comes up and just cleaves fred right off and takes Mm -hmm. fred off Mm -hmm. um and he's very handsy and then the scene where he's talking to fred and they're talking about what to do about the baby in canada and he's literally in fred's face like nose to literal nose yeah. They're right up against each other. And I'm just like marveling, marveling. Like this guy is just right there. He's all over Fred. And Fred, now that he sees what's going on, isn't flinching. And it, to me, it just it's just so very interesting. Yeah, he's almost like leaning into it. Almost yeah. like he's kind of accepting that like, this is going to be weird and awkward and a little bit sexual. Yeah. And and bizarre yeah and i'm i'm gonna accept it because of the good that i can get out of it the influence and the yeah Yeah, he's willing to compromise himself in order to move forward yeah and i i just really feel like fred is being very naive 
and very trusting and a little too full of himself. Mm-hmm. Like he's believing in himself to his detriment. Yeah. And I oh, feel yeah. like he's going to get screwed. Well, and he's also, he's back to his old ways, which is, you know, he agreed with one thing with yeah. George, you know, with Commander Winslow. They both agreed that they're going to, they're going to keep Nicole in Canada for a little while longer. Yeah. And, and not press for her release as, as, you know, hard as they have because they admitted they're going to, they're getting some really good political moves out of it. So it, it's better for them politically to keep Nicole in Canada for the time being because of the, the favor they can get. And then even when Serena calls Fred on that, cause she's a smart cookie. Yeah. And she's like, well, it seems to me it would make more sense for you to keep Nicole there. And he's like, no, 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 I disagree with that. And I told them that we're going to get our daughter home. Yeah. But then he, but then he says, but don't press me for a timeline. So yeah. he basically told her what she wanted to hear to make her feel better and, and to sort of bring her back into the fold a bit, but he's going to do what commander Winslow wants to do. Yeah. He's not going to do what Serena joy wants him to do. Serena joy. Now that I've started reading the, the name just seems so weird, but yeah. Um, I, uh, I I think he was kind of humoring her as well. Yes. Uh, you know, trying to work on his marriage type thing. You oh, know? yeah. Let oh, her yeah. believe that she's got more power and say in this than she actually does. Yeah. So, ugh, it's just so... Especially when she brings up the political aspects. Yeah. As soon yeah. as she does, he, he agrees with her and he takes her notes. And, and yeah. so so she would definitely feel like, her thoughts and her opinions on the matter were taken into account, but he, he's going to go against what the, the political ramifications would be. And, you know, I'm going to get your daughter home at all costs at all costs for you. Yeah. 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 So that's totally a, you know, come on wifey, come back, come back. Like that's, you know, like he's doing the, the thing to like, he's manipulating her to get back yeah. in. You know, yeah. I have, I have that down as uh, one of my top five. Um, uh, it was one of my five. Yeah. I called it the seduction of Serena joy into being Ooh. quote unquote happy again. Cause yeah. he's just like, he's hitting all the right buttons yeah. and Nicole is one of them, but he's hitting all the other ones too. He's, he's allowing her to be like, you know, friendly and open with these other wives. He probably disapproves of them because they're all kind of open. Um, but he's, he's letting her do what she wants to do in some areas. And he's, he's gonna, he's considering moving to DC. Yes. It's very self-serving for him to move to DC because he'd be able to grow within commander Winslow's sort of, circle or yeah yeah yeah, his his inner circle if you will but he's making it seem like i would do this for you and i would you know we we could we could find a home here a new home and whatever and and he's sort of packaging it as this whole like new beginning if you will and and she is falling for it hook line and sinker you know and to be fair i know like she doesn't have a lot she no. doesn't have 
a daughter anymore. Her daughter's gone, you know? So her only thing that she really has in this world is Fred. So if she pushes him away, she'll be alone and lonely and all this other stuff. So it's like, it's almost like she made a deal with the devil. So that, oh god you know, that, that deal was made a long time ago well, can, can they yeah. get divorced in this country i don't oh god i, I probably not yeah. i wonder too if there's a lot of stuff going on inside her head about you know i'll i'll just be with fred because it's the only way i can get Nicole back you know if i'm if i'm with him but there yeah. were some moments though especially hello the tango oh my god <laughs> did you see her leg go between his oh my god. oh my god and then you know dude i was clutching my pearls yeah i i i, I was <laughs> i can't even i was i was so shocked there were so many things and i'm gonna talk about it in one of my points but yeah. there were so many things in this episode where i was just like i can't believe this is happening i know I know. I can't believe this is happening. Um, it, it's just such a disparity uh, between DC and Boston and the Gilead that we're expected to live in mm-hmm. versus the one that they're actually living in. Right. Oh. So. I know. Yeah. Do you have anything more for your number five? Talking about George. No. Oh, no. My, my okay. number five was really quick. Okay. Um, I then will jump to my number four. Uh, I would love to talk about my favorite crazy and lucid, but keen on an adventure, Mrs. Lawrence. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote down crazy and lucid because she's got some issues. Yeah. Having a good day. Yeah. Um, A little bit manipulated there by by June to thinking she was having a good day. Yeah. But then when she says she's keen on an adventure, I was like, oh, that's a great line. I'm going to put that yeah. in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. keen on an adventure. Oh, my I, God. I, I love Mrs. Lawrence's character. Yeah. And I think, and I'm glad, like, when we talked last time about Mrs. Lawrence, we were still, it's still up in the air whether or not, you know, whatever mental illness it is that she suffers from currently is it something that she's always suffered from and that answer happened this week which is yes she's always had this problem um so it's just interesting to me the way everything is different in their house as opposed to other commander's homes and it all really centers around keeping her calm Mm -hmm. and relaxed and and i just like that whole sequence as soon as they left the house i was like Uh oh this is gonna be bad yeah because june is only thinking about herself she was so selfish in that instance she she used mrs lawrence oh hard to to get to that school she used her hardcore and i appreciate that she was honest with her yeah, and I had that scene on the bridge, and she was honest with her. I appreciate that that scene happened, yeah. um, but she still was manipulating her because she said everything that would give you sympathy toward June, and then she says, "I'll take you home if you want." And I'm pretty sure that she was expecting Mrs. Lawrence to say, "No, not at the, you know we're we're not that far. We can still go." You know what yeah. I mean? 
because yeah. everything that she said up to that point before she said, I'm so sorry, I'll take you home. Yeah. Was all manufactured, not manufactured, but it was all said in a way to curry sympathy there. So yeah, I, Mrs. Lawrence is just to me such a tragic figure. Yeah. You know, her interactions with Mrs. Putnam. Oh my God. And you uh, didn't die. I can't You're believe so it. We thought you were going to die. Like she's still harping on, like she's harping on it. We yeah, she said it the first she said it the first time I was like, oh my god. And then when the second time happened and like Mrs. Putnam was like, "Really?" And yeah. she was like, "Let's go." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, go. It, was, it was kind of like the 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 you know, neighbor lady that you don't want to run into. Oh god. You yeah. know she's a little bit off and yeah. you feel bad for her and you're just being polite. Oh yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah, totally. And, and every time you run into the lady, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And as soon as you saw that it was Mrs. Putnam that she was going to run into, oh. I'm like, I, oh, my God. This is oh not good. This is not good. It's not good. good. Yeah. It was the only time I was really tense the whole episode. Yeah. Because anything could have happened. I know yeah. there's been some discussion of Mrs. Putnam down the road being a sympathetic character. Um, and I think she does have some sympathies. She's not she's not a uh, black and white. She's got some shades of gray in there. Really? But I out, but, don't think so. But out on the street with guardians watching and everyone else watching, that's a different world. Yeah. Out on the street. I mean, behind closed doors, you know, allowing Janine to hold your daughter, hearing the crap that your husband says about women and all of stuff, you know, and making faces. That's one thing, but out on the street is a totally different world. And yeah, and and that's where I fi- think the mistake was. It'd be different if it, it would have been different if June had asked Mrs. Lawrence, "Can't you get a driver to drive us over there?" Yeah. Then that would have been like a private experience between June and Mrs. Lawrence. She would have been in a much more. I think it would have been safer. Yeah, it she would have been in a safer environment. It did exactly, exactly, and to have just assumed like this long walk and then taking the train into Brookline. And like, it's just like, cause you got to assume based on the houses and the sizes, you know, yeah. we're just going to Massachusetts here for a bit. I honest, I think they're in like, um, Newton yeah. or something like that. So they're close to Brookline, but they're not like right yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just the houses are really nice. So it looks like Newton, Newton Highlands or something like that. So, Maybe, yeah. yeah. But that's not like that's not a walk. You know what I mean? No, no and even it's just not. Taking, and even taking the tea, and I love how she called it the tea station too, because <laughs> that's like that's yeah, that's the old language. Yeah, like that's what it so before. it, it kind of makes you think, you know, at least you know, if, if with me that they were f- living in Boston when all yeah. this came down. Like, yeah, because Boston's someone- not new for them. Yeah, so they would, you know, if they were from another area, they would have called it the train or yeah, the train station. Subway. But no, that's we're, we're, ta- we're talking here as Massachusetts girls, people. Yeah, and, and the thing was, Massachusetts will call it the T. It's just like being from Chicago and calling it the L. Yeah, you know? yeah, and the, the thing is, like, they renamed everything, right? Except for Washington, but they right. renamed everything. And she's still calling it the T. You right. can't even go on that system now and find, you know, like all the signs are gone. So yeah. they don't even know where they're going. Right. And it's interesting because she knows where they're going. 
right. June doesn't know which way to go. Mm-hmm. So she actually educated June a little bit. That's true. That's true. So, That's true. um, I, I but, so no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm looking at my notes. I want to make sure, um, because I mean, she's my number three, so we might as well get it out of the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but it's just, he, when she was talking about whether, you know, about her and uh, Commander Lawrence having children and, you know, he didn't want them. He didn't want them at all. Yeah. You know, it wasn't even a consideration, but I think that he might have, and maybe he wanted them. He just didn't think it was a good idea to have them with her since they were always trying to work out her dosages. And it was interesting that she was a teacher before all this happened a teacher a learned woman you know edifying the youth yeah and now she could lose a part of her body for picking up a pen or reading right it it just it's crazy that that is where it went um and it it just makes me think that the both of them are slightly mentally ill who, Mr. Lawrence, as well as Mrs. Lawrence? Yes. That's because, possible. Because of what he's come up with, I mean, just the little clues that we've had into who he is, you know, like he was communicating, like last week when we were talking about it, he was communicating his feelings for her through music um, yeah. as if he was unable to do that verbally. Yeah. You know, that he he's just so deep inside his head, just with the way he speaks where they're just riddles that you easily get. Right. I don't even know if I said that right, but (laughs) he, he just, he's straightforward in a very sneaky way all the time. Okay. There's always, you know, context to what he's saying. Um, but it just, to me, he's so far in his head that that piece makes him unwell. Right. You know? That's true. That's that, true. I mean, that's just me. Yeah. I, I think that's possible. I think that, um, I think that these two are, like, them to me are, like, my favorite parts of season three so far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh no. They are For so... Sure so layered and so interesting and I want to know so much more and I know we've gotten a a little bit she she revealed a little bit about their past you know um so far what with you know the tapes and everything but also their their personal lives with the you know wanting to have children and not and all that it's I just I'm so thirsty for more because they are such interesting people and 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 it's not even so much that they're that they'd be interesting no matter what but they yeah. stand out in this new world right because they are allowed to still be the sort of eccentric interesting people that they were before yeah and interest i want to know why like what is i understand that he was one of the like architects of gilead but yeah this is like i don't know it's just they they are so 
different. They're so yeah. different. And it's, and it's lovely. It's lovely yeah. to watch having people that are just so different from the status quo. They don't um, conform. Exactly. And, and, but it's okay. And it's okay. Right. It's and, accepted because of what he's done. Right. But I, I feel like even if he wasn't helping anyone to escape, um, if he wasn't doing these um, things that he's doing covertly, mm-hmm. I, I feel like at some point his lack of conformity, her lack of conformity will end up working against them. You know, I, I, I think he's going to get in trouble for what's been going on in his house. It's inevitable. But yeah. even if that wasn't the case, I think that they would find themselves uh, in trouble. It just, it seems to me that Gilead is the kind of place that is constantly ripe for a witch hunt. And so at some point it has to be his turn and her turn. Yeah. You know, and she's a recluse essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder too, like is part of her, I mean, yes, she was overwhelmed by being outside, but her being outside also draws more attention to the fact that she is this different person in this very conformist society now and does that draw more bad attention to the Lawrences by having her be outside like that so yeah shame on June for doing that I really hated June she was she was was a parent yeah she was at her worst this episode I think yeah yeah it it would have been a I, I would have rather have seen her go with the Martha but um I think the Martha might have ended up uh on the seesaw there yeah you know definitely um, the handmaid's tug of war event (laughs) yeah no kidding oh my god yeah (laughs) championship tug of war yeah exactly (laughs) i know we sort of jumped ahead to your number three to talk about the lawrences do you um what what was your number do you have anything else to talk about with the lawrences oh no i mean we can skip why don't we just make that my number four okay and so now we're at your number three my number three okay (laughs) Then uh, mine was just a quick question. I was going to include this in my notes, but then I didn't have enough stuff for my top five. So um, my question was uh, about that school that they went to. Does it, (sighs) did they make it look like a jail or a prison or are they using an old jail or prison for that? You know what? I'm pulling up Facebook right now because I got to tell you, I, um, I didn't want to read, um, what is it? What is the name of our podcast? House Podcastica. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I, that's so stupid. Um, so I didn't really want to read a lot of the comments um, from, you know, when we're asking for comments prior to making my notes. Right. But I, I did. did. I did the same. Oh, you did. Okay. But I did. And mm-hmm. so one of the notes um, came from, and I'm going to find it. Uh, I love that we have someone named Baelish. (laughs) Alex Baelish, because all I think about is Peter Baelish. (laughs) Yes, same. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, Matt Mann posted a link to one of the Vice episodes. And I shocked myself because I actually sat and watched it. A lot of times I will try to get out of homework if I can. Um, and, you know, being a teacher, 
<laughs> I don't mind assigning it, but I actually went and watched this episode and um, it's about, and I, and I also have a little anecdote to go with it, but it's about Muslims in China and um I paid mostly attention. I'd probably say 75% of my brain was actually involved in watching this thing because it was really good. But um, I believe it's like, you know, Muslim Chinese people that are yeah. native to China. Okay. And China, um, you know, being communist is not pro-religion of any type. And so what they've been doing is they kind of isolate these people and then these people go missing. And so they end up collecting the children and like the parents go into re-education camps and the children go into re-education camps. And I'm watching this video and then I turn around and, and watch the episode and the school where Hannah is going yeah. from the outside looked an awful lot like the schools that the Chinese are sending these Muslim children. Really? And um, the only difference is, was that like structurally they looked the same. Okay. They looked like, you know, like a compound kind of thing with high gates and all this stuff. But in right. China, it, it's more, it looks more like um, a fun place to be with bright colors and, like it's a castle yeah. and, and stuff like that. Um, so I thought, wow, I wonder if they took some inspiration from that story. Because, you know, here in Gilead, they've taken children away from their birth parents. And they've given them to other mm -hmm. people to re-educate them. And in China, here's this is what they're doing. They're taking the children away from the parents. The parents are going into re-education camps, you know, which are so not as fun as the ones where the children are. And the children are learning to be good communists. Um, and I just, I found that, that um, those parallel lines to just be fascinating. That, you know, when we were talking about uh, what to do with this podcast and what we might want to do. And one of the things that I had mentioned was finding those news items that kind of hint at things that are to come. It's not saying that, you know, we're going in the direction of Gilead, mm -hmm. but like June says, we were asleep. And by the time we woke up, it, it was too late. Like it's yeah. already happened, you know, yeah. so much has happened. It's hard to turn back the clock. And I'm like, here's one of those stories. Here yeah. it is happening over in Japan, not in Japan, in China. And, um, you know, I have cousins that have spent years and years and years in China living there. And um, it's, you know, he's um, a pastor, um, but oddly enough, he's got his doctorate in physical chemistry, which killed me. I didn't realize that until after I'm through with my physical chemistry class. And he's like, it doesn't matter. I couldn't have helped you anyway. And I'm like, I know, because that's what physical chemistry is. It's just hell on earth. Yes. Well, anyway, he, um, when they first went over to China, when he was a young newlywed, they were over there to be missionaries. But the thing was, you can't say that that's why you're there. You can't talk about it. You can't um, try to um, 
uh, I don't want to say recruit, but you know, you, right. you, you can't minister to anybody, you know, or else you'll end up in jail. And, you know, and this is like 20 something years ago. Right. Um, and so basically you just go over and live the principle. So recently he was over there working for a drug company. And let me tell you, make sure you know what country your drugs are being made in. And that's just a little <laughs> hint. But his daughter, um, his adult daughter went over there and basically she was a liaison between um, Chinese students um, coming to United States universities. And mm. so they were living or she was living in like a Christian building. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they all knew, I would say that yeah. they're all Christians because they could talk openly with each other. But, you know, you, you can't go out in the street and talk about it. Right. And the Chinese, in order to get them to leave, which, you know, they did because it was like a high rise or something, they were hitting the building with EMPs. Really? Yes. Shit. Yeah, they're not pro-religion. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it just, it was kind of interesting that they, you know, they're trying to get rid of the Muslims, you know, rub, rub the Muslim out of them. And then, you know, they don't, they don't want Christians. They don't want anything higher than the communist state to be in China. Interesting. That's yeah. So interesting. Oh yeah. 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 I saw that, that, um, I saw that YouTube link was included in our, um, our feedback yeah. uh, this week and I just I hadn't had a chance to watch it yet but I am definitely going to have to watch that and, and yeah. get some more insight into that that's for sure oh yeah like it's two young women filming it and I'm I'm just like wow. my you know I'm on the edge of my seat like please don't yeah I'm just worried sick they're going to get arrested oh, and God, that's yeah. the end of them and then I keep thinking I'm like well wait a minute we saw the video yeah right <laughs> so they're probably okay <laughs> yeah they made it out, but yeah, um, pretty ballsy. Yeah, it's pretty so, ballsy. Yeah, I just I think they did such a good job of making that school. Yeah, in the in the show itself, look, yeah. it it's so funny too because as June and Mrs. Lawrence were walking up, and you saw all these gates, and it was all really yeah. crazy. Yeah. I was like, this is a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. Like this is not gonna happen you know what I mean it's not yeah. gonna be the right thing because there was a scene there was a scene where like I think it was Serena brought her to like a different area like a different school that Hannah was in and am I remembering this right and it's, it doesn't sound familiar but I, I feel like she was but she just like drove by and she was like kept locked in the car or something oh, like no, that oh no that's where she lived oh yeah 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 and so I think she felt like it was going to be something like that. Like she was just going to be able to like walk up to a gate and be like, Hey Hannah. And like, literally it's, there's no fencing around. Yeah. It's a, it's a fortress. Yeah. And, and all of these like fences and gates in the front that are heavily armed. Yeah. And as soon and as they like his guardian Parker and he's like, he's not here today. I was like, back away. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad news. And she thought she was just going to waltz right in. And the thing is, is I was like, well, what is she going to be able to do? Even if she got in, what's she doing? Is she going to bring Hannah to the gate to show yeah. her or something? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So that's all I have for my number three. Lizzie, what do you have for your number three? All right. My number three, which I think might be stepping on yours um, a little bit, is Emily. I, I entitled it Emily Update. Emily. And, <laughs> Emily update. And, um, you know, basically I just made notes about her being forced to confront her time in Gilead. Right. Um, and she, we've only seen her kind of going through the motions of trying to acclimate herself back into civilized um, life, you know, right. a right. life that she can understand. And, um, trying to get to know her son and her wife and realize that she's amongst normal people right um where she can be herself i don't feel like she's definitely hasn't let her guard down because it feels like she doesn't believe it's happened yet you know that she's waiting for it to just all go away and um having to talk about it you know, what she did makes it unfortunately real. It wasn't a bad dream. It happened. And I liked that she didn't hesitate to claim it. This is what I did. Yes, I did that. Uh Uh-huh. Yep, I did that. She didn't try to explain it and excuse it. Um, I love that Syl was just like, I don't care what you did. That was there. You're yeah. here now, yep. that, you know, and understanding that, you know, she was fighting to survive and, you know, that's not who she really is. Right. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I, you, what you're saying about making it real. I, I had forgotten about half of the stuff yeah. that Emily had done until like the Swiss lady starts listing it. I'm like, I'm like, she stole a car. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, she did. That was like her first thing. <laughs> she drove over a guardian. Yeah, she Yeah, was, and I think twice. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, she drove over she and then backed up. Backed over up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, like, um, yeah, that was, that was, that was a really sobering part of that whole thing. And, yeah. and, and I, I appreciate too, she was, she was honest. She, she owned the fact that she had to do those things. And, and yeah, Syl, Syl was like, I, you did what you had to do, no judgment. And, yeah. and I don't think anyone does judge her, but it, she judges her. Yeah. But you don't realize like the enormity, you yeah. know, yeah, <laughs> especially exactly. the way the woman, the way the woman worded it. Are there any yeah. other things that you did that would be considered illegal in Gilead? And I'm like, well, there's a long list uh, yeah. of things you did that be considered illegal anywhere. anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But just even, um, just even everyday life for her. Yeah. You know, yeah. illegal. Yeah. So um, I, I just it that was just kind of just I just felt for her so badly. Yeah. Um, and. You know, and her, you could tell that she hadn't even told Sylvia, you know, yeah. uh, this was stuff that Sylvia was learning about Emily's time there first, you know, yeah. for the first time yeah. and knowing that whatever she was going through was bad. She knew that she'd been surgically altered. Um, yeah. God, oh, geez. Um, and, but she didn't have this much information around her and um 
it, it just, oh God, it just, it was killing me. I just felt so bad for her. And, you know, and then the other piece was just her talking with Moira and finding out that although they had this major thing in common, they were just two very different people. Mm-hmm. You know, Moira was just out enjoying life and, you know, living her life and not being serious about much of anything and, you know, having yeah. the thing was like she knew people at Harvard she knew an awful lot of people at Harvard. Moira got around, you know? Yeah, she did. Moira enjoyed herself. So, and, and, you know, and you're supposed to enjoy life. But the conversation that Emily has with Moira, all of a sudden Emily's like, wow, I really, I've been hiding in the shadows, which is evidenced by the girl she was dating. You know, she was dating a girl that was a firefighter that wasn't out. Yes. So they, she was just totally living in the shadows until she met Sylvia. Right. And then she could actually be part of who she was. I mean, yeah. it's being in the sciences and I would not classify myself as this hardcore scientist person. You know, sometimes I just felt like a wannabe. <laughs> I right. don't know. Um, You don't have, when you're studying all the time, like when you are, especially in chemistry or physics, you don't have time. Like your entire life is in the lab, in the book, in the class. Oh, yeah. There is no time. There's no social life. (laughs) No, there is no social life. Mm -hmm. Um, So the fact that she really didn't find that much time to you know, go date and party and all that stuff didn't really surprise me because I remember I was falling asleep getting my hair cut. You know, I, it was just constant school all the time. Um, and the only people you, you see your social life is your study group. That's it. You know? Um, so that didn't surprise me, but what I thought was that her having that reflected back to her, kind of woke her up a bit to the point where she might have been thinking I might have had something to do with all of this happening I was so busy leading my life getting done what I wanted to get done making my accomplishments worried about you know teaching from one semester to the next that the world changed and I lost body parts you know because I was sleeping so when Moira is, you know, saying, I'm going to go to this protest, you know, and protest the minister and make sure he hears me. She's yeah. like, yeah, I'm going. Yeah. My, my cat is going to that. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she's not even, you know, I don't think she was intending to say anything, but no. she was going to go make herself heard. And um, she does. When the minister says the mother gave up her parental rights, she's like, she did not fucking give up her right yeah. to her yeah. child. Yeah. You know, yeah. none of those mothers really have. I mean, yes. you're looking at what poor o- of Matthew's going through, you know, it's yeah. really, oh man, she's just like, but at any rate, it, she just, she didn't hesitate. She just got in there and got in the mix. And then yeah. next thing you know, um, I don't know if it was coffee or water that Moira's getting in the jail. 
but I'm like, that's yeah. got to be Canada. Like, here you go. <laughs> and the two of them are just sitting back to back and um, they're talking and they say that great line, you know, which, yeah. which is going to, you know, which starts out this podcast. And yeah. to me, when I was, um, I'm not recording. I, oh, I see. Sorry. To me, when, when they, when they were talking about that, yeah. to me, they absolved each other. Right. They both, they both knew what they, they've both killed. Yeah. And had to felt like they had to because right. nobody they had a moment there that I think is going to be important to Emily's growth and change right. and Moira's too. Moira's still got some shit to work through. Oh, and yeah. I think they both recognized in each other that Moira was trying to connect on that pre gilead level like yeah. oh you know how how do how do i not know you i knew all the gays in boston like how is yeah. this possible in the lesbian world and that's not the important thing you need to be connecting over and i know and and don't get me wrong like it's nice to connect about the the past and you know yeah. who knew who and who dated who i agree however in this instance with these two souls the thing that they need to connect over is nobody else here knows what we had to go through nobody right. else here knows what terrible choices we needed to make you know and they have that in each other you know yeah. and moira will finally be able to work through some of her stuff admit out loud the things that she's had to do to survive and emily can do the same and they yeah. won't they will never be judged in each other's eyes because yeah. they both understand they both get it you know and i don't think emily feels judged by sill at all you know no, not at all but there's, but there's a lack of understanding you know yeah. and that's just it is what it is you know sill will never really able to grasp what it was like to be in there you no. know and, and moira is really the only person who can who can do that for for emily right now so yeah absolutely yeah. and you know we can't move on from my number three without discussing charleston did okay. you catch it did you catch it oh yeah they said charleston said, instead of charlestown i'm like what yeah. it's charlestown yeah and i was like yeah you know what <laughs> i think we need to provide a little lesson in bostonese <laughs> yeah she but got I a mean, little she lost a little boston street cred there she totally did and the thing is charlestown is spelled charles town yeah it's one of the few things one of the few towns that you actually say it the way it sounds right. you know like it's not pepperell it's pepperell <laughs> right and the it's thing is is like i can understand like the way the massachusetts accent is like you know you could say there are towns that i'm sure are pronounced not the way they're there are plenty that are not pronounced the way that they look you know uh, Reading, yeah, Haverhill. Reading, Haverhill, Worcester, you know, yeah. we know them, we know them all. But yeah. the the one that Lemonster, holy crap! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, my I, favorite is like, you know, I lived in Taunton for years, right? Yeah. And you, you'd get someone in another part of the country or the world or whatever, and they're like, "And that's in Town Town," <laughs> and I'm like, "No, it's in Taunton." And I spent, years, <laughs> I spent years in Salem in the, the tourism industry and oh. to give people directions to Salem, you had to direct them through Peabody. Peabody, not be, Peabody. Not Peabody, people. Peabody. Peabody. 
but my point my point is is that it's interesting that charlestown is one of the few cities that could have been i mean people call it townie and you're yeah. county and all that but it's called charlestown nobody yeah. nobody call it it never gets shortened to charleston no no like, you never would hear never that. would never and, it's, and i i need to let them know that they need a dialect coach up there they yeah. need and they did and they've person. done okay and they've done okay so far. They have. You know, they have. You know, Brookline and whatever, but they're sticking, they're staying away from Haverhill and Pepperell and all that stuff. They're, How about they, Bill Ricca? Yeah, Bill Ricca. <laughs> Bill yeah. Ricca. It's spelled Biller Icca. Yeah, right. You know, Biller, Bill or Bill Ricca, but Bill Ricca. Just, Just people, people are no like, ER. we're, we're heading through Leo Minister? Lemon Star. Oh, no, Lemon, Lemon Star. Star. <laughs> oh my and god anyway anyway uh, we, yeah. we get it people we understand but yeah I, for that. it just it took me out of the out it of did. it for a, a minute it you did. know it did for me too and more so for me my entire mother's side of the family we are all from charlestown we they uh, grew yeah. up there so it's like there is no it's net that yeah to say it wrong Oh, sorry. God. And I think Alexis Bledel is doing a fantastic job. Oh with my that, God. Yeah. Part. But, um, but that, yeah, one tiny little ding from the mess. Oh my God. Charles, yeah. Charles someone, Town. someone needed to Charles like, Town. catch that. Yeah. yeah. Charles town. And then yeah. the, you know, they're talking about Somerville and I'm like, Hey, that's the town that makes its own gravy when it rains. Yeah, At least that's what I heard on <laughs> BCN. <laughs> I, I just remember possible. the, the morning I heard that, I just, I thought I was going to pee my pants laughing. <laughs> oh, God, BCN. Um, yeah. What do you, do you have anything else for your oh, number wait. three? Um, let's see. Nope. That's it. That's uh, it. My, my number two was uh, our discussion we already had earlier about the seduction of Serena Joy back yeah. into being happy again, which I really think we kind of covered uh, Fred's, you know, his manipulative ways and trying to get Serena back into the fold. Yeah. Uh, so I really don't have anything else to add to that. I think we covered it. So what's your number two? Liz? Well, my number two, and you know, I don't know if we're doing it, if I'm doing a disservice to the podcast by doing this, but I, because they've gone to another city, I can't help. Yeah. You know what? Cause we're going to, it'll have to be a note. Um, because they've gone to another city, I can't help but compare and contrast the two because okay. we're dealing with Boston and um, DC. Right. Now, the interesting thing is, you know, Boston, it's constant sirens. Just oh, every yeah. time they're outside, it's constant, constant sirens. And I'm like, what are these people doing? Is someone jaywalking? What are they doing? Did someone wear pink? Or not, you know, or like a color the they color? weren't supposed to, like, I, right. I don't even know. Like, did someone walk out the door wearing, gosh, what color can you wear? Red? No, they are wearing red. I don't know. Someone must have worn something, you know, or right. maybe they run the sirens every time they throw a body over the wall. But all I know, it's like constant. And then they're in D.C., we hear one siren the entire time they're outside. One. One. So maybe that has to do with how tight it is in D.C. 
I don't know. know. I, how tight do you really think it is? Well, maybe because, they're enjoying their silence, you know? They silenced all of their women, pretty much. Uh, well, maybe the handmaids really make a lot of chatter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe the sirens stopped once they started putting the, the rings in their mouths. You yeah, know, like, yeah. oh, they're calling those things veils. And I'm like, wow. Um, so, but it just... It, to me, when I'm thinking about listening to um, all the sirens, it just suggests a lack of control or maybe, it, well, either a lack of control over what's going on in Boston mm -hmm. or an overexertion of control where it's one fire after another that they're just putting out, you know? Yeah. The, the other thing was, you know, in Boston, you get one kid, one you know, and then that handmaid moves along to the next house, you know, <laughs> whereas in D.C., you know, they've got the Osmond family going on. You yeah. know, let's, let's have maybe they're all Catholic or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it's just they have to have as many kids as they possibly can. And I don't know. To me, it, it, it could be the more higher up you are, the more kids you get. But it's not the same in Gilead. Everyone is getting, you know, one. That's it. So then the next thing was, um, you know, the difference in appearance. Like the wives, and you notice that little netting, uh, veil netting that Serena and Liv have on. Yeah. Where they don't have that in Boston. Yeah. There's this veil over their faces and I'm like, that has got to be symbolism that they're hiding stuff, you know? And this and then it, it just goes to this direction. Because yeah. in Boston, you know, Putnam loses his arm for having an affair with his um with Janine, right? Yeah. Well, here we are. We're in we're in um DC now Fred's all up in uh, not Fred George is all up in Fred's grill right and then we've got the wives standing around and they're talking about their own peacocks this guy walks by and the wife is like hmm I'm gonna get me some of that you know yeah. and they're all kind of they've got they're they're like bad they're it's almost like they're normal you know I can't remember what Serena said but Serena makes this comment and it's silence. Mm -hmm. And then they're all like, ah! you know, and yeah. I, I was just like, whoa, you know, um, and just that live is like, you're all among friends, you know, everyone, you know, you can say whatever you want. And to me, it just suggests it's a trap that's waiting to be sprung. Like yeah. that could be very dangerous, you know, and then like the wives, what they were wearing, there was an awful lot of neck skin and back skin, you yeah. know, being shown at this evening soiree. And even when Serena Joy meets Fred, like one of the ladies had like this, had tulle wrapped around her neck like a scarf, you know, at, the, at dinner. And I'm like, they kind of dress up. Whereas in Boston, it's one dress. That's it. One right. dress, one style, that's that. So, I, you know, that kind of was interesting to me, that that's what they were doing. And then the dance. We've already talked about it. But 
the dance. Tango is a very sensuous, yep. you know, concert of movement where you are trying to elicit the interest and the excitement of your partner and anyone that's watching. Like, it's a display. Yep. And there they are. And everyone's circled around them like they are, you know, the king and queen of the prom. I was like, is this uh, pretty in pink or what? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was weird at that moment when you're like, did did everybody else stop dancing? Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. It, <laughs> is it like, what is, what is the name of that movie with Kevin Bacon? Oh, Footloose. Footloose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for, uh, you know, like the Penn brother, Chris Penn, to start like, you know, worming on the floor or something like that. Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> you know, it was just shocking. Yeah. You know, it was just really, really shocking to see that happen. I And then, you know, with Serena's leg just sliding between Fred's. Oh, yeah. I was like, whoa. That yeah. that was just crazy. And they're doing it in relative safety. That's the other thing. Yeah. You know, no one's afraid. And um and then the the other thing was like all the guardians that are always all over the place in Boston and you know, we're outside in DC and we don't see any. There's no right. checkpoints. It's like, you know, when when June and Mrs. Lawrence run up against Miss Putnam, like there's all these guardians everywhere. They're like every five feet checking in on everything, which was just like the video uh, in China where you couldn't go more than 50 feet without a checkpoint and you couldn't stand around without, you know, a policeman coming by and asking to look at your papers. You know, like you're right. constantly proving that you need, that you are where you're supposed to be and that you can be there and the whole thing. And that was a great video for him. And I've already forgot Matt to, to post yeah. um, because I, I found it very, you know, relatable to what we were watching, you know, right. Definitely. there's just, there's this stark difference that between Boston and, um, DC. And yeah. I know like sometimes Boston can be considered can be considered very buttoned up, you know, mm-hmm. which I don't know, I don't think it really is that buttoned up. I mean, I just think we're snots. But yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> well, you know, we're dogs. That's I mean not dogs, we're just cats. That's all it is. It's cold, yeah. you know. Yeah. We just yeah, want to go true. inside. That's it. That's true. Yeah. That's don't true. hold me up here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, everything is fast. But you know, the the freedoms that they seem to have in D.C. Mm-hmm. versus Boston, it's, it's just, it just seems like a pretty wide gap. But then you've got the wives trying to cover their faces. You've got handmaids with rings in their mouths and wearing a veil over their mouths so that you don't have to look at the rings in their mouths. Yeah. You it's know? interesting. It's kind of like this mixture of, like, uh, oppression and freedom in yeah. DC, like this weird, bizarre mixture. So like trying to figure out like, which is the more, which is the stronger thing, you know, is, is it stronger that they have like some 
semblance of there's there's some permissiveness like the the dancing the tango the the wives the wives were clearly talking about the guardians and the other boys in the room yeah which is yeah like that's they, they'd be they'd have their hands trapped off elsewhere yeah so there's that but then there's those other things that seem much more stringent i mean obviously how the handmaids are treated treated etc so it's this strange mixture of yeah yeah yeah. So yeah, it's it's kind of interesting, more yeah. more than kind of, but yeah. um, it it was it's just the the more that they've or the longer they've been in DC, the more prevalent it's becoming to me, or the more obvious it's coming becoming to me. Yeah. Why can't I speak all of a sudden? I was doing <laughs> good. I was yeah. using all the words. Um, <laughs> now you've lost all the words. I've lost all the words. I don't know where they went, but um. Yeah, so I realize it wasn't. I, to me, it, it's just you know the the dressing. I just it's it's becoming. Yeah, it's just hitting me in the face. Let's just say yeah. it that way. I don't okay. know. Okay, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Is that all you have for your number two? The that is all I have for my number two. Okay. Well, then we'll jump to my number one, which was uh, the biggie, the betrayal uh, of of Matthew. <gasps> yes. Uh, and her line, which just came out of nowhere, Aunt Lydia told me to look out for you. And it's one of those things where I feel like of Matthew was sort of placed there in this position of she seems sympathetic in some ways. Like she wasn't at first. She was all pious. Yeah. She also didn't report June when June was like, oh, God, like stop talking or, you know, yeah. you know, cut it out or lighten up and all this other stuff. And she's certainly been around, like, you know, June and Alma talking and, and being, like, saying the wrong things, etc. Yeah. So you kind of felt like she was being pious on the outside, but maybe she was going to come around to their side later. And then when we found out she was pregnant, and you could see that that really took a toll on her yeah. emotionally, and she really took a big step back. It's interesting, like, I think there was, it garnered this more sympathy for her where people were like, well, maybe she will come around. Maybe that's that's what this season is about, is going to be June trying to save another handmaid, like get a handmaid out of here and maybe get her to her children or whatever. Like, in your your mind is swimming with like, how can, you know, this person has been put into June's life and what's, what's the outcome going to be? And then for her to have done what she did. And what's interesting is, did you watch the um, Inside the Episode? Yeah, I did. Although it's, I don't remember what I saw, but I did, I did it's watch so, it. It's so quick. But yeah. one of the things that I really hit on was that when they first go to do the hanging, where the Martha is there from yeah. the Mackenzie's household, and it's obvious that that whole thing has fallen apart. That, yeah. you know, when Alma's like, the Mackenzie's are gone. I don't know what happened. Even my commander doesn't know. And then you see the Martha's up there. You know that 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 has been taken away from June. Yeah. June, um, Elizabeth Moss said that her first reaction when she's angry, her face is angry and all of that. She thinks the Martha has betrayed them. Yeah. The Martha has said something and then obviously gotten her own self in trouble by saying what she said. Yeah. And so her initial, her, all of her thoughts when they are doing the hanging, it isn't until of Matthew, she almost got away with it of yeah. Matthew opens her mouth 
and says something that June stops and like her eye flickers and you see her make the connection because we see it. We see in the grocery store that of Matthew sees her have that conversation with the Martha. Right. And, and so we know what happened, but June doesn't know what happened. So she doesn't, didn't even think of, of Matthew. She honestly thought that something happened in with the Martha and that's how that all fell apart. And so she's angry at the Martha, pulls the rope, does her thing, walks away. And then when of Matthew says what she says, oh my God, I can't tell which is, which was crazier. First of all, it was like some kind of street fight because as soon as she took her wings off, you were like, oh, shit, oh, shit. is going down. She, know, that was like that, the, that was basically, the earrings coming the out hand, of the ears. Yeah, I was going to say it was like the handmade version of like, hold my rings, okay? Yeah, yeah. You know, turn your rings around. So yeah. she takes her wings off, attacks her, and when she attacks her, the, all of the other handmaids creating like that circle yeah. where they're like, they don't want anyone to see what's happening. And it's, yep. it's, I thought that was really interesting. It was this quick, like, cone of silence around them. Yeah. And they break it all up and everything. And it's just like, it, that whole scene was just like, it's interesting because we talked in the beginning about how this episode was, felt a little bit like a filler. And it did, yeah. the whole episode. And then right at the very end, boom, yeah. here's the thing that you're like, oh my God, yep. like, wondering what the next step is going to be, you know? Yeah. And obviously, since of Matthew says, Aunt Lydia told me to keep an eye on you, Aunt Lydia is clearly the person that she blabbed to. So Aunt yeah. Lydia knows that this is going on. And everybody knows that she went to the Mackenzie's house and almost tried to take Hannah away and all this other stuff. So it's like having the Mackenzie's move away is definitely the thing to like make june understand that she can't have this this is never going to happen you know it it, to put her in her place you know but it's it's interesting it's interesting what uh aunt lydia's uh what her reactions were because june almost did not pull that rope right she was just standing there and and aunt lydia was like you know joseph yeah she said joseph nobody escapes this you know we all have to participate basically and so she did do it but there was some anger toward all her anger was like at the martha but also some towards lydia too yeah but oh my god when all of that unleashed on of matthew i'm i'm just dying to see where that goes to for next week Yeah, yeah i am and the thing is like i June just keeps overstepping and overstepping and oh god overstepping. yeah she should be dead you like know? 10 times over yeah like she's just a cat with a million lives right now <laughs> right and she should be dead and the only reason I think she's alive at this point is that if they ever have to produce her because of Nicole she has to stay alive they have to keep her alive yeah they could maim her and maybe that's what's coming next you know in places where it's not you know visible right you know um but just the whole thing like of matthew is another very interesting character and i i wonder if they chose 
an African American woman on purpose because some of the way to me that she's acting is she's faking it all the time. I don't think she really buys into the things that she says. I feel right. like she says those things in order, like that is her survival strategy. Right. You know, um, because we've seen her break a little bit and, and um, June has never betrayed her. Never, not once. Right. But I just, I feel like she is so afraid <sighs> I don't know. It's interesting because so far we haven't seen any racism going on. Right. right. So it may not be that, but just because we don't see it going on in Gilead doesn't mean that it was any different than what we experience now. Right. That, you know, us being, you know, white girls, we don't see a lot of things, you know, right. something exactly. happens right in front of us. And we're like, Oh, no, that is wrong. That's, that's no way to treat a human being, you know, right. Um, unless it's something like that, we don't live like that every day. Right. And to me, it was almost like they'd been thrust back into like the way she's behaving. It's like, thrust back into days of slavery. You know, where right. you you just you just say and do what you have to do to, to get, get by. through each day. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. and that's the way I see her, you know, yeah. like whether she was thinking she was gonna earn something extra by helping Lydia. Yeah. Um, or not. I don't know. Yeah, but, I don't I don't know what her motivation there. I I think I would like to think that she's got another layer there, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe she really doesn't, but it's going to be interesting to see how she plays out. Yeah. You know? Cause I don't, I don't think that this new pregnancy for her is going to be easy for her. No, and she she's thinks, already said she's already said that it's not. She yeah. said that she, she was that's one her moment that she sort of shared with with yeah. uh, June beforehand, you know. She she said that, you know, she's always enjoyed being pregnant before and this one yeah. is just she's not it's not going well. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if when you know when she was um she was in pain at the beginning of the episode, mm -hmm. I'm wondering if she's like done anything to try to miscarry. I mean, possibly. It's, I mean, that's, we haven't seen that happen yet. But No, I mean, um, there's no one she's going to tell. So she yeah. has to do it, you know, covertly. The interesting thing is that it seems like they don't have a competent doctor. Like a competent... And maybe it's because there's been so few babies born that they're kind of out of practice other than the one woman, the one doctor that was a Martha that they brought in when um, right. the Putnam's baby was sick, you yeah. know, um, it just, it doesn't seem like the, you know, like when June was pregnant, like the obstetrics the OBGYN like it didn't seem like he understood what was going on at all yeah 
you yeah. know, like maybe he had been a podiatrist or something. Yeah. I you mean, know? that's possible. And then or they just ear, nose and throat guy. Yeah. And in their eyes, they're like, well, read this book and learn everything you can about women's bodies because that's what you're doing now. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's your new, that's your new job. That's your new purpose. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, I could understand them you know, stringing up the doctors that had performed abortions. Um, not that I'm condoning that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it would make sense in their society that that's the kind of doctor they would want to get rid of. But it right. also seemed like they were getting rid of doctors all, you know, all together. Like there were very yeah. few left. Right. Um, and, you know, just that lack of experience. So, if she were trying to home abort, perhaps she could do it without anyone realizing what she'd done. Yeah, that's possible. Definitely. So, I don't know. I I, I do kind of, I kind of think this is not her first pregnancy in Gilead. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, she's got that one baby that we saw. But, I mean, they haven't yeah. confirmed that's her baby, but it's... Pretty, it looked like it, yeah. Pretty clear it was. But I'm curious, like, they haven't said, like, because she said she'd had three, so we don't know if those are all three Gilead yeah. babies, or did she have her own child, and that, you know... And they th took them, took yeah, her baby, so this like is her Anna. fourth. this is her fourth pregnancy. Yeah. Um, so, I, I wonder, like, I feel like they need to have, like, a a gilead retirement service like after she has like four or five like shouldn't she be able to like retire to someplace comfortable you know yeah one like would a, think like, but i don't like, think so like a horse shouldn't she be just put out to pasture <laughs> i don't think so when they're yeah. ripe they're ripe i know oh, <laughs> awful so oh, that's God. that's what i've got about uh the portrayal of, of matthew i'm just excited to see where she goes next because i i don't think this is the end of the line for her i think that there's going to be some more some more layers there and yeah I, I, you know learning some more about her backstory will probably add some really good good yeah. layers to it as well so yeah you know. and, and it's not like june can ever trust her again oh god no absolutely but not. i bet june does i bet june does it depends on what the situation is it might i wonder if it'll have to do with when she eventually is going to give birth like there's going to have to be something there that I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious to see. Yeah. Well, um, um, that's it for my number one. What is your number one? Um, mine is tug of war, handmade games, handmaid's games. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it was like handmade crew. <laughs> just, okay. it's like, cause oh, Lydia's okay. back there. Paul. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god! And you didn't understand what was happening at the beginning of the episode. They're just pulling, yeah. and things are moving into a notch. And you're like, what is going on here? Yeah, and you've got Lydia back there screaming, and they're just—I'm uh, like, what is this workout time? Is it morning calisthenics? Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because. You know, the handmaids don't have a ton of things to do other than loaves and fishes, and now this. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, it just occurred to me because June makes a comment. It was either three or four hanging sessions this week. Yeah. You know, they definitely have been stepping them up. That's what yeah, they're saying. stepping them up. They're getting more frequent. Mm -hmm. But 
they have never done this. The closest that we've seen them do anything like this is when they stoned the man for raping a woman. And then when they were supposed to stone Janine, you know, they are used to dole out punishments Mm -hmm. for sure. But this is the first time we've seen this. So it makes me wonder why they're doing it. You know, like, because the first one we see, you know, the woman uh, was neglecting her child. The baby would cry and cry. For all we know, the baby had colic, you know, and, yeah. and babies can't help themselves. And if they are that unversed with children, you know, I, just even um, missing signs or uh, interpreting signs incorrectly when they think someone is pregnant, Um if they are that unversed in children, then there's got to be, I don't know, there's got to be someone that knows about colic, you know, it just seems crazy. Like, could they, could they have been hanging that woman because her baby was, you know, colicky? That's just crazy. You know, so they, they, maybe it's just crimes against children that the handmaids you know carry out the sentence because yeah. then we've got the the martha there was definitely um the guardian parker was there mm-hmm. i am assuming that was him yeah but then two handmaids two yeah. yeah so did the mckenzie's have two handmaids i don't know i mean it may not it may be just a coincidence that there were handmaids along with it might not have anything to do with the mckenzie's i did assume that one of the people that was up there was probably guardian parker yeah Uh, mostly because they named it they named they named him yeah Yeah. and he he wasn't at work when they went to go see him yeah so So that's not a jig was already up yeah Yeah. (laughs) like they already knew um something was going on because of matthew reported really fast apparently and she she knew something was up the second they were like could you help me pick out an avocado yeah exactly (laughs) you know and your your favorite pop no your fruit cocktail that you've been wanting is in stock (laughs) yeah exactly that's definitely a sign that something weird's going on (laughs) yeah and and of matthew's like i love fruit cocktail yeah, she and then later she's like, "Really, fruit cocktail?" She's like, "Look, I'm doing the best I can." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, oh god, it just remind, reminded me of one time when I, I was making up an excuse. You know, I didn't want my dad to know someplace I was going, and I said mm-hmm. something really stupid and got caught. Anyway, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I should have used fruit cocktail. That would have <laughs> been a better one. It was yeah. just as good as that, you know." Yeah, not as well. So, yeah, so obviously not true. Yeah. So yeah, that's what all the kids are going to be using now. Is yeah, we have to go have a conversation about fruit, fruit cocktail. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Anything else to add for your number one? No, no, no. Do you have any any notes to discuss this week? You know, I guess, I mean, we just touched on the whole thing that happened at Fishes and Loaves. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just, uh, just the whole thing, like, I don't know. I don't even know what I want to say. Like, you know. (laughs) Oh, maybe it was this, like June having, you know, recognizing Hannah's laugh. 
you know, that was yeah. really good. Like just watching her bathe herself and try to soak in the laughter of her child and, you know, the whole thing falling apart because, you know, she put, she put her hopes in a leaky vessel. I mean, Mrs. Yeah. Lawrence, it, she's just, she doesn't have it all together. She was yeah. really taking a chance and she's lucky that she wasn't getting hung. Yeah. You know, yeah. for pulling that crap, yeah. but just, you know, having that have to suffice and that, it, that could be the last time she, has anything mm -hmm. to do with her daughter yep and she yep. hears her laugh and it makes me wonder if she doesn't know where she is in gilead you know is she more likely to try to escape yeah now that she knows that hannah has been taken away will she try to get to canada i wonder and then because, work from canada to try to get hannah back yeah in the same the way step. yeah you know that they're trying to get nicole yeah. You know, um, it would be really interesting. I mean, they were talking about, you know, repatriating all these refugees from Canada, like have, you know, afraid that they would be forced to go back, yeah. you know, but the thing is like, they wouldn't have to necessarily go back because Gilead is not their country. I mean, they might be able to go into another country. Maybe that's, that ends up being the whole rush people just yeah. like they were trying to get out of um out of the i don't know what to even call it like when sylvia and emily were trying to you know leave at logan yeah you know? yeah no i mean was it gilead then like was it still the united states at that point and they could still get out I don't know. I don't remember the timing of it. I I, I think that, that it was like before everything fell. I think it was close to it, though. Yeah, like people were fleeing if yeah. they could, you know. Yeah. But it also seemed like guardians were in charge of them leaving. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it was like the Maybe. first step of guardians. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I just like I just want to take. I don't know, a butter knife and just scrape my skin off after watching it because it just, ugh, the I things know, that are happening. Lot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very heavy. It's just, yeah. it is. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Do you have any other notes? No, I don't. Do you? I have a couple of quick ones. First okay. of all, I thought uh, there hasn't been a lot, there wasn't any discussion about it, so I don't know if we're going to get one. Yeah. We were concerned before after Janine's outburst at the Putnam's house, uh, but I just wanted to throw out there that it's nice to see that Janine's back and, uh, and she wasn't like sent to the colonies. So I'm wondering if like overall, is that more about Janine or is that more about, I mean, they brought Janine back from the colonies because they were short on handmaids. And as you yeah. saw, they just hung two more. Yeah. So are they so short on handmaids and after disciplining some and some die and some kill themselves and whatever, like, are they that desperate that they can't really do anything to Janine? They just put her back where she was. So, know, like, Janine, poor, I, just, I don't know. Maybe she's just, or they just can, has a really good contract or something. Oh, man. Or, you know, or are they just really considering her harmless and childlike? Cause she didn't yeah. mean any harm by it. She was no. just, reacting the way a child would in a lot of ways so yeah so that's interesting let's keep that in our heads to think about and the other thing i wanted to bring up too was 
um, when the way they have the ropes situated for the salvagings, for the hangings, the way the ropes lay out, it is the inside lines of a peace symbol. Yeah. And I just, it struck me the first time. I was like, that looks like, and then I was like, nah. And then they did this hanging at the end. And I was like, that is totally the inside of a peace symbol, whether it's intentional or not. That's what it looks like. So, Hmm. yeah. Interesting. I know. I wonder if it, you know how like the swastika used to mean something really nice. Yeah. Beforehand, it was a peace symbol before it was converted like that. Yeah. I wonder if that's the same kind of thing. Yeah, maybe they're trying to take something that was a peaceful symbol and make it something of theirs that's not quite so peaceful. Or they think it is, but it yeah, isn't. I know, I know. Yeah. You've got a funny Are way you... of thinking about peace. I just have one more thing that I just, I was looking through my notes. There was something that did happen, and I'm like, I don't know what just happened. Diana is smart. I will ask her. <laughs> I I didn't write it down, so I don't know what it was. But the other thing was, like, um, when I watch the episode, I watch it with the closed captioning on. Yeah. And um, did Hulu say to you uh, when Fred and Serena are going into the ballroom, it says pretentious classical music? Yes, it did. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) I'm like, what? pretentious i love it how do they determine if it's pretentious or not (laughs) i don't know but i thought that those i totally forgot about that but the yes yes yes. oh god we have to ask all the listeners too if you saw it on your hulu you get a shout out and if you watch watch the episode again with your closed caption on and i want to see yeah 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 i always i always watch with closed captioning if i can because i don't want to miss anything oh my god i know i've i've gotten to the point where i'm like that with almost every show now yeah and a lot of it i mean i'm always reviewing something yeah um but um i also when i like record for uh you know walking dead and stuff i don't usually have an opportunity to watch the episode more than once really yeah not normally because we record really early in the week so i prefer to watch it with like no interruptions no other people around with the closed captioning on and and then i usually make my notes during talking dead but that's not happening right now but Uh, still like so i keep the i keep the closed captioning on to to really help me like get that extra layer and i think too when i'm reading the lines as they're saying them it like sticks them in my head a little bit better too yeah so i don't feel i i feel like i retain it better so yeah so yeah pretentious uh pretentious classical music very nice and then my final note is the song at the very end that closed out the show and i love their choices of music yeah it's a, um it's a fiona apple song yep i wasn't familiar with it uh, but i do love yeah. her yeah called every single night and i won't read the whole thing but the first set of lyrics are i thought they were so beautiful every single night i endure the flight of little wings of white flamed butterflies in my brain these ideas of mine percolate the mind, trickle down the spine, swarm the belly, swelling to a blaze. That's where the pain comes in, like a second skeleton, trying to fit beneath the skin. I can't fit the feelings in. Every single night's a light with my brain. So I, I know, I just think it's interesting because we've talked before um, when you were talking about having a hard time, like the reading the book is very different from the show, but yeah. there are some elements in the show that they get just like the book which is you have to remember 
a majority, this whole story is told from June's point of view. So right. a lot of it is in her head. So the fact that the song was picked that talks about her um, dealing with all of these feelings and all of this pain, and it's all within her head and she has to like, you know, push it down, you know? Yeah. And this song was playing as June was starting to walk away from of Matthew and all of that stuff was percolating in her mind and trickling down her spine and swarming her belly and making, and the pain is coming in and it's all in her brain. And the only way that she can let it out is to just, she's just got to think about it, think about it, think about it. She really doesn't have a lot of recourse in this world. So. Yeah. I mean, just even, even if that Martha could have found June in that mess mm-hmm. and to see the look on June's face, June yeah. thinking, you know, you know, mistakenly thinking what she was thinking. Yeah. I and mean, that woman was just, it wasn't, it just wasn't her fault. Oh, no, 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 absolutely not. You know? And, yeah. And it's, it's so interesting. Like I just didn't even think that that's what June was thinking. Yeah. Until I watched the after the episode. I thought she was just mad in general. Yeah. Mad at the betrayal, mad, wondering where the betrayal came from. How did it happen? Like she was just angry. Yeah. But I just had no idea that it was directed at the Martha until she said so in that after the episode thing. Yeah. It was just amazing. Yeah. Do you have anything that you'd like to point out from this episode that gave you a little hope? I have one little thing that I wanted to. Nothing. I, okay. Well, I. No, I, it just, it was dark. It was a dark one. I did point out that one of the tiniest little pieces, it was dark because with with Hannah being taken away and the hangings, Yeah. but I thought it was a nice to see Emily finally break out of her shell. Yeah. A little bit anyway. Yeah. Her finding her voice when they did that thing where they confronted the minister. um, I thought, I thought that that was a really great, hopeful thing for her, you know, because she's got such a difficult journey ahead of her and we know we've been talking about that a lot so um i thought that that was a a really really lovely thing for her so i just you know i i could never be a politician you know like (laughs) you just because you can't always do something yeah this man you know he's just saying what he can say yeah because it's a very difficult situation what do you say to these people yeah you know, especially if you're like, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Gave All up right. her rights. I know. Right. <laughs> How dare you? Oh, that <laughs> was right, well, just that, the right thing to incite her to. I know. It worked really well. Definitely got under her skin for sure. Yeah. So that's what we have for our top five, uh, our highlights for the episode, including any notes and our little pieces of hope. Right now, we're going to take a little bit of a break and we're going to be back in just a minute. I'm not crazy, I'm just a little unwell. I know right now you can't tell, but stay a while and maybe then you'll see a different side of me. I'm not crazy, I'm just a little And we're back and time for a little bit of news that we have stolen from the commander's study, which we affectionately call our news section. (laughs) This week, I only found, um, you know, the same thing that uh, 
Kristen used to struggle with, which is most of the articles that are written right after the episode airs are reviews, which yeah. who cares? We're literally talking about the show. So why would we do that? So it's, it's interest, more interesting to try and find something about a character or about, um, you know, last week we talked about uh, Chris Maloney starting on the show. And this episode, uh, one of the great, uh, we were talking about uh, Emily's journey. And so uh, this was a really great article that I found uh, the website is called The Mary Sue, and it's an article about Alexis Bledel. So I will Ooh. make sure that we have the the link to the article in the show notes. And here is uh, the article itself. Alexis Bledel remains the Handmaid's Tale most underrated weapon is the title of the article. And yeah. it says, the subheading says, Emily may have left Gilead, but Gilead hasn't left her. And the article yeah. says, uh, the Handmaid's Tale has no shortage of tremendous actors and heartbreaking performances. Anchored by the incomparable Elizabeth Moss, the series is a master showcase of performers at the top of their game. But again and again, I keep coming back to Alexis Bledel, whose restrained performance as Emily continually breaks my heart. Emily has been through the ringer since we first met her in the pilot episode. She has been raped, tortured, mutilated, and sent to the radioactive colonies to die. But the beginning of season three puts her on a new path as she flees to Canada and claims asylum with June's baby Nicole in tow. In the opening episode of season three, a bewildered Emily is met with applause by the Canadian staff. This is where most survivor stories end. Emily has rescued herself. She is safe. But there are no happy endings in The Handmaid's Tale. And season three has been spent unpacking Emily's PTSD and her reunification with her estranged wife, Sylvia, played by Clea Duvall, and her son. In episode seven, Under His Eye, Emily is interviewed by a Swiss government official who is moderating talks between Canada and Gilead. The Waterfords are trying to extradite Nicole despite her refugee status. Sylvia listens on as the moderator rattles off Emily's illegal actions in Gilead, which include stealing a car and running over a guardian and stabbing Aunt Lydia in the back and pushing her down the stairs. Emily responds that she did all of those things, but as Sylvia grows irritated with the Swiss woman, Emily, Emily remains quiet and subdued. Bladell's acting is so good because it's so understated. While the series has plenty of big bombastic performances, her quiet internalized focus is all the more devastating. This reserve is what makes her emotional moments so explosive. When she stabs Aunt Lydia, it inspires a cathartic cheer from viewers. This episode sees a similarly explosive moment. When Emily joins Moira, played by Samira Wiley, to bird dog the Canadian Minister of Border Security, said bird dogging is a mobile protest where Moira and the others chase down the minister and demand to know what he's doing to protect baby Nicole. Emily hangs in the back before becoming emboldened, pushing her way to the front, coming alive and screaming, I did my part, now you do yours. Later, Emily and Moira sit beside each other in jail, and Emily confesses that during her time in the colonies, she poisoned a wife. Moira admits that she too killed someone in Gilead, a commander at Jezebel's. Unable to confide in her wife, Emily finds a kindred spirit in Moira, another queer woman who suffered at the hands of Gilead. She says, quote, look what they've turned us into, she says sadly, but Moira reminds her that since they left Gilead, they haven't killed anyone. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think we're good, she says as she holds Emily's hand through the bars. Bledel delivers so much pain and anguish in such an understated and devastating performance. In a show that doesn't traffic in subtlety, she remains a quiet force of nature. I yeah. completely agree. I think she is yeah. just killing it as yeah. um, uh, doing her portrayal of Emily. And it's yeah. and there's so much subtlety that has to happen there. You know, she's got to show 
strength as well as some fear you know yeah. there's a lot going on there you know yeah like it, it, if she were a real person you'd be wanting to get behind her eyes like what yeah. is going on inside your head right you know like how can i reach you like she's just such a sympathetic character yeah absolutely and she just there is no one on this show that sucks yeah <laughs> you know yeah that's totally true totally every true. every single one it's like every single one of them is at the top of their game the absolute utter top yeah. and they do so much without saying a word it, mm -hmm. it's like they went to some kind of boot camp you know handmaid's tale boot camp on how they were going to carry this out yeah like it you know this whole country is more about what you don't say mm -hmm. and how you say it with your your eyes and you yep. know it's, yeah, the, it's, oh. fake, it's face acting 101 yeah Crazy. it is yeah yeah, yeah totally by joey tribbiani yeah <laughs> <laughs> smell the fart yeah yeah have to <laughs> smell, smell the fart the acting yeah. oh my god uh, <laughs> moving on yeah moving on <laughs> now let's that. uh now let's listen in for some feedback uh along the martha network uh first up we've got uh some feedback that we got from our facebook post uh lizzie why don't you start off with the first piece of feedback we got there oh wait a minute did was i sent an email with this I forgot all about that. Or is that oh, in here? <laughs> Do you need me to start it off? Uh, I don't have. Oh, wait. I'm so sorry. I forgot. I just have to scroll down. All right. So um, our first piece is from Lindsay Schlitt. Yep. Did I say it right? I think all right. so. All right. Feeling just the tiniest bit frustrated. Another episode that felt like circles and no forward movement. I concur. Yeah. More June trying, more failing, more horrible things. I think the one ray of hope for me was more of Emily. She heard us. Yeah. I loved her finding a purpose. I hope it helps her to heal. I also love the connection between her and Moira. I think Emily has been harboring so much guilt about what she did to survive. Finding out that she's not alone must have been a weight off her shoulders. Can't help but wonder at June's. Is it plot armor at this point? Hmm. I was sure Mr. Lawrence was going to be furious that he, that she took his wife out. I did too. Yeah. Like he didn't even seem to care. Yeah. She paid no consequences for conspiring with the Martha who lost her life and was clearly rebelling at the end with the ropes, but no punishments. I mean, I am glad, but power is, is it that she seems to have it? What? I mean, I'm glad, but what power is it that she seems to have at this point? I don't know. Yeah, you know, it would be interesting if at some point that, you know, someone reads off a list of everything that June has done and has not <laughs> been punished for. I know. And they're it's like, have you wondered why you haven't been punished? Yeah, I know. It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. This is that's a recurring theme on a lot of this. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got uh, some feedback from Alex Baelish, uh, Liz, and Diana. Great job last week, and thank you for continuing this podcast. Sorry for the long ass feedback. Okay, I have written and rewritten my feedback for this episode because I'm so frustrated with June right now. 
The episode was all about the secrets we keep. The wives in DC have their own game they're playing, just like the Martha and Handmaid Network. And now in Canada, it's all not roses now that the dust has settled. Everyone bends the rules, which is fascinating to see. They start off and end with the handmaid's rope hanging. Just another way to make them feel, quote, part of the process. Not how messed up is that? Just another day at Sunny Gilead. Uh, now, maybe I'm off base here coming from the one person who did not see the sexual advances by Chris Maloney's character. Hmm. But I am so I am so ready to string June up for what she did to Mrs. Lawrence. Taking her out for a walk is one thing, but bringing her to that school, come on. She, her selfishness got the better of her. Have a better plan, June. True. Uh, and then Alex says, of Michael, but I think he meant of Matthew. Uh, she yeah. still be pushed in front of a bus. Side note, what is her deal, man? She is ruthless. And then he signs off by saying, under his crazy ass, and then he put an eye emoji. So under his crazy <laughs> ass eye. Um, <laughs> I know, oh right? my God, that's pretty good. And then next up was the piece of feedback from Matt Mann where he yeah. included that YouTube link, so which we already sort of discussed. So do you want to grab mine then and do the very next one? Uh, from Fran? Sure. So Fran Bernstein. Hey, Liz and Diana. So I'm pretty horrified on so many levels. Serena being loving towards Fred. He had your damn finger cut off. That poor Martha who was taking care of Hannah, almost pleading with June. She was. I mean, if you saw her eyes, yeah. Of Matthew. Oh, why is she so fucking righteous? June <laughs> was fierce and scary and so sad at the end. But the small bit of hope is in Mrs. Lawrence. She really wanted to help. Calling June, June. Yeah. What happened to her? I can't wait for more of her and her husband. Well, you're not alone there. Yeah. This show makes me sad and angry, and I love it! Looking forward to hearing your take and hopefully getting that laugh again from this bleak show. And on another note, geez, I love Chris Maloney. So much so that I'm pretty sure Fran included a picture of her <laughs> when she met Chris Maloney. Yes. Feedback, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Excellent choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next up, we've got some feedback that we received from Phyllis Tenney. Uh, Phyllis says, as of last week, you came my favorite Handmaid's Tale podcast. Oh, my God. Hey. I didn't see uh, this. Oh, yeah, oh, because I awesome. wasn't reading. <laughs> I just wanted to be surprised and read after we podcasted. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's, That's a big deal because this is such a big show. It is. Thank you so much, Phyllis. I know. She, Thank she you. She goes on to say, I have listened to five others on episode seven. Where y'all at? <laughs> well, oh, God. Here Listen we are. Back to the beginning. That's where we're at. Uh, people act like June has autonomy and power because she decided to stay in Gilead. Would any of us do any better under a repressive regime? Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> I see what she did there. Yeah. Uh, then she goes on to say the Swiss and their neutrality in the face of human rights abuses are making me crazy. I live in fear that Emily is going to be sent back to Gilead and end up at the end of a red rope. Oh my no, God. I, I worried about that too. When there was, um, when there was all those questions happening, it was yeah, not good. Like you've got to go back and answer for your crimes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we didn't have any emails this week, but we did have one voicemail and that was from uh, Mayday Rennie. And here it is. Hello, Diana and Liz. This is Mayday Rennie, my name for this show. 
not Aunt Rennie, because the aunts are collaborators with the oppression of women, and I am always in the resistance. So first, I want to say, Kristen, if you're listening, I miss you, I love you, I wish you all the best, so I hope you are doing very well. And Diana and Liz, I want to say thanks for picking up the podcast. You did a great job on episodes five and six last time. And I have to jump in and say that, Rennie, <laughs> your voicemail cut off, like literally two seconds after that, you go, so, and, and then it cuts. So, <laughs> and Jason checked and saw that there wasn't a follow-up second voicemail. So I'm so sorry we didn't get your actual feedback on the episode. But if you want to call in and leave your thoughts again, or shoot, the, shoot us an email, we'll include them in next week's podcast. And we'll make sure that we get your thoughts in there. And we're so sorry we called you Aunt Rennie. Uh, I, I'm so used to, <laughs> I'm used to you, and I've never met you, but I'm so used to being called Archmaster Rennie. And that's for Game of Thrones, which doesn't translate to Handmaid's Tale. So I, yeah, I just, not really. I didn't want to call you a handmaiden and didn't want to call you a wife or whatever. And I don't know, we were talking about aunts and so sorry about that, but you will be Mayday Rennie from henceforth. <laughs> All right, and I think that about wraps us up for this week. That's our show. Thanks so much, guys, for listening in. Oh, my God. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we've had some really great feedback this week. We've had lots of great people reaching out, uh, saying that, you know, they are hopeful that uh, Kristen has a great relaxing summer, taking yes. a little time off, and they also are been have been very, very kind to Liz and myself. So we just yeah. want to thank you all for that. Thanks. <laughs> we also want to say, though, if you want to join in the discussion for this season, you can do so in the following ways. I, I'm sorry. My whole computer just went someplace else. It's been an, a night. It's All been right. a night. Lots yeah. of, lots of uh, technical details. You want me to read? No, I, I found it now. I, okay. It's like I hit a button and it just goes haywire. Hey, <laughs> if you'd like to write in and record a message and send it in, you can email us at dragons at podcastica.com we also have our webpage where you can submit feedback as well at house podcasta what is wrong with me house podcastica.com check out our facebook page uh www.facebook.com forward slash house podcastica we're also on twitter and instagram at house podcastica and be sure to check out the other great podcasts at podcastica Special thanks always to Lara Willie Swank for the new artwork for House Podcastica during The Handmaid's Tale and Ben Beck for the website design. Yeah, I, I, I'm just like, I really love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, and if you want to, you can check out my other podcast. Uh, it's called Brains Gone Bad. Um, you can find it on iTunes or wherever it is. I, I think I've even found it on Stitcher. Yes. Um, so you can find it there. And you can find me at Twitter, on Twitter, or actually, uh, let's see. I'm on Twitter, I'm Brains Gone Bad too. On Instagram, I'm Elizabeth Schmoopy. If you want my <laughs> Brains Gone Bad site on Twitter, it's just Brains Gone Bad on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Um, you may not know this, but oh yeah, Diana! I saw Greg uh, Nicotero last weekend. Yes, he did. And, and did I tell you that? 
No, you you sent pictures. <laughs> oh, I sent pictures. Yeah, I told him and I, I thanked him because, you know, he has inspired me to write about zombies, which I never thought would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you would like to read what I've written, I'm writing a, a zombie or a zompocalypse serial. Um, getting ready to finish issue nine but if you go to amazon just not google but search lizzie's lost girls and you can find all the issues and the digest yes you can and if you want to check out my other podcast aim for the head we're at facebook.com forward slash aim for the head podcast and we're also on twitter at afth podcast and instagram we're aim for the head podcast all one word uh you can come find us there uh other than that All I got to say, people, is we've been sent good weather. Praise be. Blessed Blessed be the the fight. fight. Fran Bernstein. I think that was good. Okay.